This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Today's show is sponsored by NatureBox. With over 100 delicious options to choose from, NatureBox delivers high-quality, healthy snacks right to your door. Head over to NatureBox.com slash BadChristian today and receive three free snacks. You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. Joseph Svensson, drop a beat on him, duh. When your brain feels weak and you don't know what to do, so you run and hide and find someone to screw. Because when you love your life like I do, then that's how you live. Bad Christian, be what you do. Woo! Okie doke. Welcome to the show, everybody. Uh, all right, what are we going to do? We're going to talk about Nashville today, uh, mainly Woo! just like the weather and the sports teams and a bunch of other stuff in Nashville, like the food. I think that's all the, yeah, that's all that's going on here. Yeah. There's nothing else that is associated with Nashville mm-hmm. that has really done anything at all or it, been happening. Yeah, and we'll get we'll get to that. But before that, what's going on in y'all's <laughs> neighborhoods? I mean, we'll get to actually... business about Nashville real estate and et cetera later. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, well, Matt, I'm and Toby. I'll, I'll include you, Toby. Thank uh, you, Joey. Heading, yeah, me and five other friends, including my wife and brother, we're heading to a Clemson game Saturday. It's opening game, and we're spending the night at Matt's dad's house the night before. <laughs> but here's here's something I thought was so funny. He was trying to get in touch with me yesterday, and. He says, Joey, uh, you know, I got a bunch of beer left over from the party. I don't don't drink, so, you know, you can have that. I I just came from Costco. I've got some burgers and dogs because y'all obviously aren't going to want to leave and go anywhere after all that driving. And uh, (laughs) then he said, hey, uh, are are any of the women that are coming with you vegetarians? I just know there's a (laughs) lot of women that don't eat meat out there. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I guess in his life experience, he's run into way more women that don't eat meat than men because <laughs> it's a gender thing for him. <laughs> that is very. Funny. Oh goodness, that, that, that is funny. I think I used to think that too. Like it was more you like uh, women are. whenever I whenever I thought about vegetarianism or veganism, it always was associated with ladies, uh, and I always associate it with eating healthier, not like even care for animals or if it was care for animals it's because well they're ladies and they are more gentle and loving yeah. to, to creatures of the earth not, not <laughs> exactly you know what I mean I mean that stuff's very natural you have to understand that, that you don't it's not so much about being coached into and society makes the whatever it's natural to find stuff like gender or race differences you have to actively not do that stuff because it's kind of the way your brain works I mean like we have masculine and feminine nouns and things like that so for instance when Twitter came out I thought it was for girls like I wasn't not like not as an insult I just thought oh this is something it's a birdie it's a Twitter it's a tweety thing it's a tweety bird you know so it was I wasn't wasn't trying to like make a judgment about it just that's just kind of what I when I would hear Twitter I would assume that must be a girl thing you know how women are (laughs) Toby, it's not against the rule to wear your own band's T-shirt. I think it's cool that you're doing it. I think it's kind of like you're 40 and you don't you don't care about the rules. You're too old for the rules. That's how I feel. I mean, I'll I'll wear church. Well, I've been doing this my whole life, but wearing church socks, like you know, dressy socks, jogging, and crazy things like old men do, and people heckle me for it. And I'm like, why? Why would I care? So now I relate to my dad back in the day when I used to make fun of the stuff that he wore because he didn't care. You just get to an age where you just do not care. 
Well, I've been emptying a lot of my closet. I've been trying to clean out stuff that I don't wear much. And I was like, I've had this. I, I like this is the for the listeners out there, people that aren't watching on YouTube um, or Facebook. Uh, it's our it's a, one of the first shirts we made a long time ago. It's a skull with machine guns and it just says Emory on it. I always liked it. So I've kept it in my closet for over a decade. And I decided to put it on today. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, but should I keep like that's the thing. Like I like this shirt and it it whenever I see it it makes me think something, but not every time. Like there's sometimes where I'll be a little reminiscent about it, but it's just hanging in my closet. And I was thinking, well maybe one day you know, Ruby or Ike or June would like to wear it or have it and say this is dad's shirt from his band. This came from, you know, 2005 or something like that. And but I don't know is this is sentimental value with like clothing and stuff like that? Is that even matter? Like no. I think it does. Like Je- well, uh, how about this though? Jess's dad passed away a long time ago now, but uh, she had a coat from him. I actually wore it and lost it, and it it really <laughs> oh it, I know that's what I'm saying. I, it was it was a total accident. She didn't she wasn't mad at me, but she was sad. But I was like, you know what? I, I totally understand that her dad passed and she has a coat, and it kind of reminds her of him. You know what I mean? A yeah. little bit like him when he wore it, and so. I don't. I think there is something that it's. I guess the point I'm getting at is it's funny that there are memories and stuff associated with actual tactile things in our lives. You know what I mean? Yeah, like my your first, dad. Your first car. When you see your first car drive by, uh, this somebody else's or something, you go, "Whoa!" I remember when I had a car just like mm-hmm. that. Or something. No excuse yeah. to keep it up on blocks in the front yard, though. As if maybe there'll be some sentimental use for it later. That's a trap. Like. You know, your kids ain't going to care about your damn band you were in or the shirts or a CD or a guitar pit. They're not going to care. <laughs> my dad actually not has something care. that he's I mean, called. Not going to. My, my dad has something he actually calls the birthing shirt, and it is a really, really cool shirt from the 70s, stripes, big collars. And he let me wear it for all, all the times when my kids were born. He actually wore it to the hospital when me and my brother were born. But uh, it's crazy because with all four kids, I was – basically at different weights sometimes i was like really overweight sometimes i was really underweight so sometimes the the shirt did not fit well at all but that's that to me is an example of i mean that's really cool he kept a shirt that he wore to the hospital have you ever cleaned out an old person's house after they died or moved or gone to retirement home did they keep too much joey did did that too little is my only question for you Joey, you did that to your uh, mamma's nursing home just what two, three weeks ago, right? She... I mean, she's alive, but you said goodbye. To you, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't a get long my joke. Time ago, that was a longer time ago. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's that's what worries me, Matt. About uh, like, God forbid, Jess's mom passes away, but her mom is yeah. A, was and still does antiques and so her house her house is you know huge and it's filled with Mm -hmm. antiques from all you know forever which are expensive and not but i mean it would be unbelievable trying uh, some of them are massive not would be will be yeah yes that's what i'm saying so it's it will be a real thing where jess has had a conversation with like mom you're getting older do you really need to keep all this and and here's the thing there is some Mm -hmm. attachment to it like she got it when her husband you know something when her husband was still alive or something so i understand that and you can't be mean and just say get rid of your stuff but at the same time that that really is part of that's one of the reasons why i've been getting rid of clothes and stuff like that because i'm like man is it it's this american condition i have of just stuff like 
makes you feel better. If the mm-hmm. more stuff you get or buy or own and surround yourself with it, then you feel like you're more accomplished or you have more. <laughs> or so it's a, it's a totally bizarre feeling. Like we've over the last two years, when we moved from Charleston to now, um, we have gotten rid of so much stuff and really do feel better. But it is hard sometimes to let go of even a shirt. Yeah, or it's like, well, I will wear it probably when it's winter. Mm-hmm. Well, or no, so, you know well, what I mean. I'll use, it, I'll use that shirt when I paint one day or whatever. But like, you know, exactly. I'll use it, I'll there'll cut the be grass. this you know mythological day where I'll need these work clothes for this certain thing that I don't. You know, but that's just not ever the way it goes. I mean, you're wired to acquire things. So it's obviously, you know what I mean? You're supposed to get stuff. That's how, that's your survival mechanism. So getting rid of stuff is not natural. But if you coldly looked at it, like if I told you I have a shirt in my drawer, Toby, um, that I feel good feelings about, but haven't worn in 10 years. Now, can, can you tell me what I should do with that shirt with pretty high degree of confidence? Of course. But you can't yes. tell yourself it. So tell I yourself know. You're it. You're right. Is what I'm saying. Well, well, how about this? This is what's really funny. It's the same thing with that. It's the same thing with our finances. Like Joey and I were texting back. Joey, I hope you don't mind me telling you this or saying talking about this. But Joey and I were texting back and forth. He just texts me, "Hey man, I wouldn't mind if you uh, threw a prayer up for me because I just feel really." Uh, uh, what, how, I forgot how you worded it, but like exaggerated, a little bit of fear or worry irrational. about my finance. Irrational. That's right. And I thought you said uh, irritational fear. <laughs> but ir- irrational fear. Uh, I thought you were getting mad as hell. But uh, irrational fear about finances. And, and I was able to tell Joey completely, hey, man, you know about your and, – and I was level-headed. I'd use logic and reason and explain it, and he understood that. And I, But he just made a – he made a, the really good point of – I know all this, but right now in the moment, it's just so hard to tell myself differently. Fast forward to today, and I'm feeling those exact same things that I was telling Joe. Hey, you're worried for. I mean, I'm having to tell myself stuff like, "Hey, don't worry about finances. It's going to be okay. like our uh, condo in Charleston hasn't rented for two months, and so we've been paying our mortgage and our rent for two months plus all the utilities and everything. And we have savings and money, and we are not in danger of going under or not. You know, nothing like that, but. Just even that feeling of uh, the unknown mm-hmm. and what my I just I promised to this morning I woke up and Jess and I both it ruined our mornings it just ruined our morning when it meant nothing like there was nothing we could do this morning at all we are taking the right steps and it will be rented or sold soon mm-hmm. but it just you can so it is irrational even when we're talking about like holding on to clothes and stuff like that as if that does mean something and will fulfill a need you have in the mm-hmm. future could. So why not just hold on to it now? Could I use this opportunity like, to point to the the two things y'all are talking about, the shirt and the rental property and all that, and scale it up, add a bunch of zeros to it, and tell me, would it not, tell me, does that not further or more validate my philosophy of if you had a ton of money or the lottery, how painful and stressful and bad that would be? Because you're sitting there saying clearly that... From some other point of view, if you looked at it coldly again, somebody go, oh, the rock star that does a podcast and makes all his money doing what he loves is worried about his rental property. You know, <laughs> like, I mean, come on. Like, you're not getting enough on your second home that you get rental income on, okay? Like, it ain't nothing. Now, imagine if it's mansions and millions of dollars and companies that you're invested in. It's worse. It's not better. You wouldn't feel better. Well, so, you feel worse. Here's what is 100% so funny. Up. What is so funny right now is Joey and I, both do not agree with you. <laughs> we would easily but take wrong, winning the lottery. This I know you second, would. I know you would. I don't, but your stresses. And your I'd love to try and be wrong with that. I mean, would here, all be I'd love to be wrong Matt, with millions of dollars. No, you would. As opposed Matt, to here, not. Matt, the proof is that you know we've talked about this before, but with my decent 
church salary, then the fact that we have recently in the last year really have made a regular income with, with BC uh, pod, you know, it's part-time income, but it's still income. And then with my wife selling houses, we're definitely making more money than mm-hmm. we've ever made in mm-hmm. our family. And I am definitely less stressed about it. Absolutely. Finances. Couldn't agree more. Congratulations on you for earning it and growing your value and worth. good for you. That is right. Keep on going and that'll be good at, to a, at least to a point. But I'm talking about having added to you the stresses of money like a lottery that you are not prepared for. You don't have the skills you didn't earn and you're not worth. That is where it gets really bad. I, okay. I might, I might would agree with you if, my entire life, I lived in total poverty. I might not understand how to use the money, but I, I've lived in, I've had some money and worked hard most of my life, and so I do know how to deal with it. And how about this? I mean, this is where I think your 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 point really falls apart. Okay, if I'm going to be worried now, okay, might as well be worried rich. No, it's the intensity like, it would, be, it would be what, incredible. Oh, oh no, it's so much worse now that I'm rich. It's Damn just it. so obvious I, that that's I mean, true, though. I know. No, I mean, I mean I, this is just an example of your irrational way of of thinking. That is, like, I went. You, you no. can't even tell yourself to not worry about a shirt or to get rid of a shirt. How are you going to no, deal with having to saying. part with millions of dollars for taxes? And this person, this person asking for it. Nope. Your um, uh, emotional, irrational brain it doesn't allow you to deal with stuff well in in that kind of situation. So it will feel all kind of ways that you won't be able to control. That will be super intense, and you'll be mastered by it. Just like you are the See? T-shirt in your drawer. <laughs> no, uh, th- no, this you is the one shirt. You can't even make a good decision I, about that. To get no, rid no, of it. I started this by saying I have gotten rid of a ton of stuff, and that's why I wore this today. Like, yeah. am I going to wear it or throw yeah. it away? So I am. I might be throwing this shirt away, but now that I've wore it today and it fits again, I'm getting in better shape. Then I do feel better about it. I'm just saying. Imagine if you had forty told- million shirts in your drawer now. How did, now, and you had to sort through them. That's what. That's what I, it would be like. Okay, now let me ask you another question. Are you for uh, everybody gets some wage across the board? Everybody gets paid something. Uh, universal you know basic that, income. Universal basic income. Are you for that, Matt? <laughs> well, it, there's a just answer yes or no to not, that question, please. That's that's not enough details. J- See, see, Joey, he's totally fine with everybody getting a certain amount of money and not earning it. But if we win the lottery, we are the stupidest idiots in the whole world and will fall to hell. Yes, we will be dead right. within hours if that's we right. win the lottery. That's correct. As if, like, as if like money would immediately make us not give still. I'm or like Joe, Joey, if it you won ten, decrease million, the quality of your life is the only claim I make. Joey, if you won ten million dollars right now, would you go buy a mansion or would you stay at the house you're at? Well, I wouldn't buy a second mansion. <laughs> I would stay at my only one. <laughs> no, I would not. I would not move. Would, yeah, no if you I'm had not, ten million dollars in the bank, would you get new cars or uh, like some? Uh, I don't even think I would get a new car. And I if would, I did, I, I wouldn't get a I Lamborghini. Would, yeah, <laughs> what I would the buy fuck a brand is the money new. for then? I, I mean, what you want with it? Just don't play. Don't worry right, about so, it. You don't need it. You don't want it. I get it. That's good. You're better off this way than that way. Yeah. Okay, now I will so agree with here, you there. I will agree with right, you there. So I'm saying you're better off now than you would be with $10 million more dollars. Yes, and that's why risk, I, feel, I feel better now. At the risk, thoughts this morning. At the risk of sounding like a good Samaritan, Rosa actually asked me yesterday if we had a billion dollars, would we have any financial worries or anything like that? And I was like, of course not. I, I, mean, I wouldn't let Seacoast pay me any more. I wouldn't take money from Bad Christian. We just wouldn't take any money. And, and then like I totally really said, then I, then I really started brainstorming. I said, honestly, I think it'd be really cool to buy 
like four houses in Charleston, fix them up super nice and use it to help people get on their feet financially. Like it, when they see hard times, they can live there for a while, save up enough money and all that sort of, I mean, I just, I don't know. That sounds, I'm never going to have that kind of money to be able to do that sort of stuff, but it does sound fun. Look, enjoy the fan, let, enjoy the let me give Matt's response to that. Can I, I'll give Matt's response to that. Yeah. As soon as you build four houses, what about the next four people that need them? And what about the next four? And you're never going to end. And then when are you going to, you'll start keeping the money for yourself and everybody will ask you for it. And st- I know what you're saying, Matt. Now I'm you just make saying good, it introduces all these complexities that you matter right. faculty must now, deal with. And that's yes. more stress. Okay. And you, and Here's like you what, said, you're not looking for fancy cars. So you're just inviting a bunch of stress and assuming that the charitable work that you'll do so well will make you right. feel good, which it won't. I agree. And that's not a good now, listen, goal anyway. Okay, okay. I think what you're saying is, how about this? This this would be Low better. Low problems. That's all I'm saying. If, that need to be said in yes, if, deeper Yes, if Joey that. and I won the lottery, and there would be more money and more problems for sure, but I don't think it would tear us apart. Some people it would. Now, it would. Here's kill what, you, but it, he, it, Here's knows? where I actually do agree with you, and this is what honestly gives me peace. One, okay, for one, this morning I felt like I did – pray and think about God more, and I felt a peace knowing I've always been taken care of, and I know I'll, I always will be. And that implies me working hard and trying and moving forward. I'll say, okay. With that being said, I also find peace in, man, I, and Jess and I had this exact conversation this morning. If we had more, would we be happier? No. no. Of course. We would not be happier. I don't, but that's you, what I'm saying. So you I don't agree actually, that you wouldn't be happier, right. and you know that it would bring more problems. So that's simple math. I Hold on. I know that a, a, a really nice car or a really nice house or a bigger house or anything like that would not make me happier. Now, not being uh, stressed financially, yes, I would be happier. So you'd have if we could make, a lot more financial if we, stress if you had more money. If we could make a few more thousand dollars a month, then hell yeah, if you could we'd earn be, it. We that'd would be, great. be happier. I seek right? to gain my. So, I, right. I'd love to double my income, and I hope I do. I won't apologize right. for me it. Me too. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So there is a a certain amount. That yeah, money does improve your life. Well, there's, for sure. There's, I heard it. I, yeah. I was listening to Joe Rogan, and he said there was came a point in his life where he's like, "Oh, I don't ever have to worry about money again. That's gone." Yeah. And I was like, and it, and it sounded pretty amazing. Sure, like it sounded wonderful to know. No matter what, like I mean, that's what I'm saying. There are people that have so much money, but now to your point. That does not equate happiness, though. That doesn't mean necessarily that Joe Rogan's not. super happy now and everything's smooth sailing. That's not what it means. I'm just saying that is one of all the troubles mm-hmm. in the world. That's one, if you yeah. could knock off the list, it probably would. Yeah, there's it's a baseline. The one cause of divorce. It's, it's like one of the number one causes of divorce and fights with sure. within your families. It's the number one thing that uh, leads to bad health mm-hmm. and stress and anxiety, all that stuff. I mean, it, sure. is, it is a big one. Well, I mean, sure. you know, but, poverty would clearly be just terrible. And there's a level that the data shows that if you earn enough, to where you're it's somewhere between depending adjusted for where you live uh, 80 to two hundred thousand dollars or something like that it's in all improvement and then beyond some point there then you know it gets worse and you start to be less happy that's what the data would even show but anyway not what I wanted to talk about that I wanted to talk about the Nashville <laughs> statement sorry to get onto that one I could do, we could do it endlessly forever it's a little bit of a loop and a trap if you're looking for a but. condo to rent in Charleston though I've got a three bedroom three bath two car garage it's so awesome <laughs> But the uh, bef- but before we talk about the Nashville statement, I'm going to tell you about something that is very very cool that also starts with the letter N, and that is NatureBox. Okay, so let's talk about eating and a subcategory of eating. Let's talk about snacking. It's something we all want to do, something we all need to do, but we want to do it better. When it comes to snacks, sometimes it feels like the whole world is like 
you know, this really bad stuff that's really, it's just not good. And if there is something that's supposed to be good for you, it's kind of boring, maybe tasteless. So, But it doesn't have to be that way if you are proactive, if you go out there and you up your snack game and you get Nature Box. So Nature Box has over 100 snacks that taste good and are actually better for you. All snacks are made from high-quality, simple ingredients, which means no artificial colors, flavors or sweeteners so you can feel good about what you're eating my favorite snacks i'll tell you about what i like the best now they do have a whole bunch of stuff and some of it is sweet but i eat less of the sweet stuff i kind of focus on the nuts and they have a giant selection of of nuts i'll just list a few of them that i think are good cashew crumble garlic pistachios jalapeno cashews those things are great they got a whole bunch of more you can get raw raw almonds raw cashews i like that sometimes i'm into the jerky they've got a country archer sweet jalapeno jerky and then of course there's all the standard kind of snacks dark cocoa nom noms crispy coconut squares stuff like that anyway the snacks are great you need to get some. You need to try some. Uh, you're you're sure to find your new snack obsession at Nature Box. They add new snacks every month, so it's great in that regard. Uh, it's so simple, too. You just go to naturebox.com, and you just choose the snacks that you want, and Nature Box will deliver them right to your door. And there's no risk. If you ever try a snack that you don't like, don't eat it. Just don't eat it. Nature Box will replace it for free. And right now, you'll save even more. Nature Box is offering bad Christian fans three free snacks with your first order when you go to naturebox.com slash badchristian. That's naturebox.com slash badchristian for three free snacks with your first order. Naturebox.com slash badchristian. All right. So to be honest, going into this episode, no, we get to talk about the Nashville statement. I think days like today are really, from my point of view, very exciting. I'm kind of actually excited wow. about it. It's uh, excited it's, about this episode. Not, not no, no. I'm I'm excited about the controversy and well, okay. What I'm saying is, this is like real stuff and it's happening it was it was similar to the way i felt about the and it's not just about gay stuff either but similar to the way i felt about eugene peterson it's just these points even though that one kind of you know whiffed or kind of went (laughs) fizzled out or whatever because i heard that was the initial title to the eugene peterson statement they were all going to sign it it. (laughs) (laughs) and well i I will explain the national they're worried they'd have to retract it though but it it point i mean there's real cultural movement things that are happening people are saying stuff lines are being drawn and you know and i don't think the lines being drawn is a good thing i think it's a, a bad thing but overall it's a good thing because it's like whoa there's movement you know there's cultural real movement and real people like you people that listen people that engage people that think about it they're involved yep. and it's it's just so exciting the internet the articles the people tweet stuff is just really i mean it's like tw- twitter isn't some just goofy computer game i mean it, there's some element to it where you say it's virtual but there's some element where it's real life like that is the tone of the country and the nation and the world and you can get in there and feel it and you can feel energy yeah. and stuff happening and moving and that's that to me that's a good thing so i'm kind of excited that it's all up in the air and people getting all been out of shape about it in a way <laughs> it's really, well here's, here's the thing that hey for those of you that are very depressed and upset about the lbgtq uh community it gives matt just a mm-hmm. spring in his step it does yeah it does <laughs> well here, I, here's why i think i, think well, I you know I think I do agree with you in a sense of that at least we're having to face this. But the yeah. problem I have with this Nashville statement is it's not saying anything. It's just they picked 
another day to say some the exact same thing they've been saying forever. It's not like it's that surprising. Now, I will say I'm glad that maybe in a way that they made this statement so you know exactly where these folks stand, right? You, there is well, yeah, no gray area or anything. It, you know where they stand. But at the same time, isn't it just saying what it, the everybody's always said the Bible says or mm-hmm. what? It, like it's not – they're not doing anything super new. There's did, After signing this, did anything change in Christianity? Well, I, think I, I think I saw some people say ask that question, and I'm just like, I agree with that question. Did anything change? I see. That's yeah, what I, I see what you're saying, you... but I, I also think that there there is it, this is a crucial time where there are early adopters, so to speak. That's not a, a super accurate word for this, but there's a lot of people that are starting as Christian leaders coming out as support. Like for example, Jen Hatmaker recently affirmed, you know, her support for LBG community and I think that that was a surprise to people so I think what this what this did however was it basically confirmed all these big leaders that are saying mm-hmm. nope not even close I'm not making uh, you know I'm not affirming I'm not coming out of this closet I'm here to stay sort of thing because there, I mean honestly there's people that to me are wild cards I wonder you know exactly ooh, there's a lot be the to next person to that. come out can we do we need to go through and explain to anybody what the Nashville statement is? I'll say in a general way that it is a statement drawn up by I think it was drawn up by I don't know who the main people, Denny Burke and John Piper, and I don't know exactly who all pinned it. There's initial signatories like them, James Dobson, Russell Moore, J. I. Packer, Wayne Grudem, D. A. Carson, Albert Moeller Jr., John MacArthur, R. C. Sproul. These are the big names on the top of it. And uh and here's one that I didn't expect to see here do see, but Francis Chan is on there too. So these are the big name people here. Right. Toby Maybe said the, Matt Chandler too, right? Uh, yeah, there's tons of more people that you would know or expect to be on there. Right. There are, but these are the people that seem to be responsible. The big dogs, the, the first ones that pop off the top of my head. If I look at the list, and they've drawn up a statement called the Nashville statement that does not affirm. Here's what it really, the way I look at it, it says all the essential stuff that Christians have held for much of all time traditionally about homosexuality and what the Bible says about it, which isn't a huge surprise. Uh, the thing that is real crazy about it is Article 10 in it, which I'll read, says, We affirm that it's sinful to approve of homosexual immorality or transgenderism and that such approval constitutes an essential departure from Christian faithfulness and witness. Yes. We deny that the approval of homosexual immorality or transgenderism is a matter of moral indifference about which otherwise faithful Christians should agree to disagree. In other words, and this, Toby, is where I differ from you while doing a couple ways. I think this is very important, but not for maybe the reasons you would think. I think it does matter. It is very impactful and very important, but the, the strongest thing in here is not that these people don't like gays and think it's don't want to affirm or believe what they believe about the bible i'm not even trying to caricaturize that that's i understand that uh and certainly they have the right to do so but the goofiest thing is that one that says if you don't agree with us we have determined and signed our names on this that if you disagree with us on this issue you are not a christian right so so, is, so that means that, that means Christians aren't allowed to be wrong about stuff. Well, I don't I don't know. Like, let's go slow on this. But I mean, they're essentially and Denny Burke. Right, read it again. Read right. that again, so I can really hear it. Okay, I'm I want to read it. I want to give them. The, let's yeah. let's let's li- listen with grace. Feel absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Me, I'm just trying to drop. make a cartoon out of, out of this. But okay, let me be clear too. I there's there's a time in a way not that long ago where I would have been in support of the statement and signed it. 
probably. So let me say that. I yeah. As of today, I, told, I, yes. I, I think it's like a hilarious joke. Um, really, it feels real funny to me now. Um, uh, but that anyway. Article ten says we affirm that it is sinful to approve of homosexual immorality or transgenderism, and that such approval constitutes an essential departure from Christian faithfulness and witness. So if you are a, a if you not if you're gay you're not a Christian if you're gay affirming you are not a faithful Christian that is essentially the statement now it's not the most implicit most clear thing ever but then it raised so that was the thing that people took issue and ran with so much that Denny Burke who seems to be the main signatory on it wrote a follow up you know article on his blog where where he said a lot of people see this as a a, a, a us drawing a line in the sand, and yes, it is exactly that. That is what I say, and this is what it wow. thinks about. I, I had to find his quote on that, so I don't mess it up too. But Denny Burke then wrote, said, yes, that is what it's saying. That is what we believe. It's time to make that distinction and draw lines. And then some people even said that other signatories didn't think of it as hard as he does there or whatever. So there's some ambiguity to it. But essentially, that is the statement. And what I find to be the funniest part about it. And when I say funny, I think, I mean, I don't mean this light in a way, or I'm excited about it, and I know a lot of people feel harmed about it, but what I'm telling you is the movement of this is so good and interesting and exposing of what's really going on, because this is obviously, that's obviously just silly. That's just silly, and I'm so thankful for Jen Hatmaker and Rachel Held Evans, and uh, I don't know, there's a bunch of people. Thanks, Mike. You know, yeah, yeah, I'm just so happy that they can say stuff that they're sharp, that they 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 know what they're talking about, that I have access to it, that other people have access to it, and that this can be you know shown for what it is. I think that's great. Like I'm so excited about that. Like it's I mean, like he, they thought they were drawing this big statement to make this big stand. I mean, that's what makes me think so funny. They think well. Back in the day, they wrote the Apostles' Creed and the Nicene Creed and John Piper, me and you, the Nashville Statement. It'll go in the history books and we'll be, you know, they think this is the new Nicene Creed or something. It's just you know, crazy. Yeah. Like, let's, let's, carry, let's carry this out in a real life situation. So let's say someone, you know, a lot of you listeners, you know what small groups are, you know, little communities that people read the Bible together, eat together, and that sort of thing. So let's say there's someone who is a brand new Christian. They go to church. They sign up for a small group. They come to the small group, and then homosexuality comes up. And this new person says, yeah, I don't really, I, I, I guess most Christians think this is sin. I don't, I don't think I think that right now. So the response is, okay, According well, to the just, statement. Just, <laughs> just know you're not one of us. Uh, I, you know, I don't know if you were truly saved, but you're definitely not a part of the church. I mean, that it that's, seems like that's what that's they're kind of saying. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that. I mean, and, they wouldn't say that, but that's a, certainly an implication. And that with all these power structures, statements like this, where if you grill the guys that wrote it, you, they'd probably give you a decent enough answer. But you know, matter factly, that what you're describing is what follows and plays out by less maybe less careful less intelligent less, less grace-filled people than these guys i mean we know what you know if you make a statement like that it will it becomes used in in the way that you're describing at, at minimum if not worse yeah i, I, I just uh, I, I mean here is the problem this this idea of drawing a line in the sand of what these people believe is just it is offensive and and here's why who cares? No, right. no gay people ask these people what they believe, or, or you know what I mean. No, no, there, there aren't there aren't gay people dying to know what John, John Piper no, right. wants to know about their bedroom, their sex life. Like it, it's just it, it's crazy. Like that 
you would exactly. make this. You would do this, but not do a statement on like uh, you know child poverty or you know, sex slavery or it, like uh, I mean like th- it really is. I mean this specific uh, national statement is about human sex. That's what this right. is about, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, right. I mean, this is what all these people got together. These Christians all got together and said, "Uh-uh, sign my name." Can I? Okay, it, but it's just it's ridiculous because the fact that so how about this? So that means if your neighbor who you're supposed to love, the number one, <laughs> Jesus said, "Love God and your neighbor." Your neighbor's gay, and if you like them and think, "Man, they're really cool," and they adopted two kids, and man, that family's just thriving. I, man, that's pretty neat. You're not a Christian anymore? Like, you, you right. have to go so far as to go, listen, I'm, I think you guys are awesome. You're great. Here, 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 and here. Your sex, uh-uh. No, 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 no. Like, just the I don't even want to think about their sex. Exposed. I, like, why do I have not- to think about their sex? Can't their sex be between them and God? And if God thinks that gay is wrong, can't God tell them? Because right. they probably do. They might care what God thinks, not what a seventy-something-year-old white dude thinks. That's and Shane not, Clay. I'm let me give you a Shane Claiborne tweet. He says, "After Charlottesville and Harvey, a bunch of mostly white, mostly male evangelicals release a manifesto on sexuality." He says, "When we lose sight of Jesus, we talk a lot about stuff Jesus didn't talk about, and we don't talk about the stuff Jesus talked a lot about." So a lot of people criticize the timing of yeah. this too. But you know, well, I mean, and and I want to say this, I, and I'm not speaking for you guys, but I'm pretty sure y'all would say the same thing. I actually have a lot of understanding and even support people's journey, so to speak, to have that position. Like when when someone says, look, I love the gay community, but I just can't see any way other than saying I don't think it's God's will because of how I read the Bible. I'm totally okay with that. Like that does not bother me. I was there just two years ago. Mm -hmm. But why in the like I cannot imagine Jesus walking around just like Shane Claiborne said I can't see Jesus like asking someone so I'm the way the truth and the life and then deeper into the conversation hey what do you think about gay people like that that's just it doesn't in fact I don't even think Jesus hardly ever talked about specific sins. You know, everybody everybody brings up the harlot thrown at his feet and he said, go and sin no more. Notice he didn't say, go and stop committing adultery with men that are married. He just said, look, you can go and you can be free from sin because of me. But he just, the, the people that he was hardcore with were the legalistic Pharisees. And so, I mean, why aren't these guys getting together and, and signing something uh, against yeah. legalism. That's and, what's and one, so cool about it. It exposes that. It show, I mean, what this feels like to me, obviously, and maybe it's some bubble I'm in, but it feels like some last gasp of power to try to take people that feel like they're losing power and try to hold on to it, try to make a right. statement, try to this and that, or whatever. It just feels like desperate. I mean, silly yeah. is what is the tone. And, and I, asked, tone I, asked some, too. I asked someone on social media, I was like, well, why aren't, why aren't people, because they're just like, I mean, Come on, you you know it's it's not like that because I tweeted something along the lines of you know what if Jesus said this to the disciples you know let's make sure everybody knows who doesn't have access to my kingdom. Then someone responded and said you know it's not like that. It was a very gracious. It was tone. Uh, the tone was loving and all that. And I said okay, I understand your point, but why aren't they getting together and making statements about pride and, and mm-hmm. greed and, and gluttony right. and all that? And they said well because those don't have as high of stakes as this. The implications, you know, aren't near as severe as supporting this sin. And my answer to that would be, if you want to treat this as like a special category, I would say the special category it belongs in is 
This is the one sin, if you want to call it that, that touches someone's heart so deeply. They're like, I can't help who I'm attracted to. Like, I can't help how I'm wired sexually. So if anything, this, again, sin in quotations, it requires a higher level of sensitivity. And Mm -hmm. I don't see that sensitivity at all. A bunch of dudes getting together and making sure people know what they believe on this issue. I think it's a minor issue. Like, I really think homosexuality in the church should be a minor issue. I really do believe it. I believe it's less significant than divorce. Which yeah. I, you're fine to have your opinions. I totally find if you interpret scripture differently than me, totally cool. But the, trying to make this a big deal is obnoxious and silly. And any group, when they start to feel marginalized or something like that, they, they want to draw lines and make it more pure and try to make sure they keep their group. And their group becomes about the thing that they're about. And this is what that group wants to be about. It's weird. It's a weird thing to do. Let me read Article 10 if it was about if this was about divorce, which would could easily have a statement written about it, couldn't it? With a biblical yep. yes. uh, exegesis, exegetical thing you could have a st louis statement on divorce and it could sound just like this and it would be just as valid for people to hold biblical views of divorce and where it's sinful or whatever it would read not only do they don't approve of divorce these people but they say we affirm that it is sinful to approve or allow divorce separation or anything like that and such approval constitutes an essential departure from christian faithfulness and witness we deny that the approval of divorces is a matter of moral indifference about which otherwise faithful Christians should agree to disagree. That would be a reasonable statement, yeah. wouldn't it? It'd be just the same thing as this. Of course it would be. Except for if you allow that, divorce yeah. in your church, you're not, not only is it wrong, and divorce is wrong, not a Christian, if you allow divorced people and leadership in your church well, or affirm well, here's that it's possible. It, it, yes. When I grew up, I grew up in a small backwoods church. My papa was a pastor, and he preached against it, and everybody believed that divorce was wrong. Right, it was bad. It was a real mm-hmm. sin. I mean, this is right. 70s it's a whole, and 80s. it's a reasonable it point was, of view. It was a yes, and, and I mean, there's a lot of irreconcilable divorces going through that you know. There's no reason they just want to get divorced. But here's what fell I'm saying. out of love, you know. What that that doesn't get talked about anymore because guess why? All the people in the congregation are getting divorced, and we moved and so on. There's, there, well, I don't know. We might be there. wrong, but we we yeah, moved but, on. But, so guess what's really easy to talk hard about when none of the people are in your congregation. <laughs> Mm-hmm. gay folks right. like you're making a big statement and you're not even i mean they're not there they know they're not welcome they understand that you think what their whole lifestyle and falling in love and everything is wrong and they didn't that once again they didn't ask you now here's i want to be clear too uh, we, we had an episode a while back where we were trying to decide what we believe are we gay or whatever where i am at is gay folks i don't even want to say because who cares what i think right. it's just stupid it doesn't even matter what i think that's what i'm saying if there's a gay person that wants to know what i think then then i would probably have a really good conversation and it let would me be, give you toby's phone it, number it be, right oh, now toby's phone but, number. no but seriously i mean if, if there's gay people that want to know okay but i just cannot understand like what in the world is making this statement except for to warn you christians in here Hey, you're you're going. You are off the track, and we're pulling you back in. It's, you're with but us or against is, us. Yes. Just dig in. Right. I mean, it's that kind of and, thing. And and that's just not. I mean, if anything, 
that if anything in the world, like if if it's so sensitive right now of an issue and all this stuff, isn't it like the worst time to take this hard stance and not like make it more clear or more grace filled or more subtle mm-hmm. or, or 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 something? Like why would you go the the most brash, harshest way? Which people go, no, they didn't love away. They're not saying that. They're just saying what they believe. No, you're saying mm-hmm. that you think a certain group of people are sinful and unrepentant and potentially headed for hell. And people that might even uh, uh, not have a big deal uh, with it, they are them too. Them too, yeah. That, that's what I'm saying. That's, so, that's, that's scary. It's, it's crazy. Now, Jonathan Merritt uh, wrote a great article, and I can tell you a couple of his points if you like, but he, he's, he's, well, me, me, he's super let, sharp. Let me, say, let me say something real quick in regards to what Toby was saying as far as the, the benefits of this being pretty much zero. Imagine if a statement came out that had to do with generous giving and basically saying, look, we believe that Christianity is just part of what we do is giving money. Now, we're not necessarily saying a tithe, but we're saying that Christians should give generously. And if you have the money to give, then we would basically say you need to give. And imagine if a lot of people heard that and they're like, gosh, Francis Chan, I like that guy. That makes a lot of sense. And next thing you know, a bunch of Christians are giving a lot more money. I mean, do you realize if if all Christians gave 10%, the, the financial things that can be done in this whole world with, with helping people. I mean, that that to me is a way more glaring problem in the church is a lack of generosity. I mean, there's so many people that say, oh, Jesus this, Jesus that, my church this, my church that, and they don't give anything. Yeah, we I mean, know that I, I'd love the on that. full and rife of Christians that live a greedy lifestyle. We know that. I mean, there's just, no, there's just zero doubt about that. Yeah, I mean, so that would be easier to go at. I mean... So Jonathan Merritt says that, you know, of course it's a tone-deaf thing, especially given the timing. So the first thing he criticizes is the timing. Like, you knew you were going to do this. You didn't have to do it during this hurricane because it just makes you look worse. Even if you're right, it just makes you look, you know, like head up your ass. I mean, that's not his words. Those are mine. But head up your own ass enough to do it with this timing. And Jonathan Merritt says that he thinks this is uh, not, don't worry about this Nashville statement. It won't change anything. And maybe to like what Toby says, uh, it certainly is just going to be ineffective, basically. He said that the craziest thing about it is there's absent the absence of repentance in here. So, like, even if they were going to make the statement and say it this way, how could they fail to acknowledge or much less apologize for the sinful mistreatment of the LGBT community previously? So you could even hold the fact that, you know what? We, we care about people. We love them. We're not trying to marginalize them. We don't want to legislate against them. We don't want to hurt them. Uh, in fact, we know we've been harmful in the past in our views that were sinful uh, against yeah. these people. However, we believe this biblically. And they could have listed and acknowledged that they've done harm and been a repentant. Because clearly, Christianity has done harm to people who are gay that are not even Christians. I mean, of course that matters, right? I mean, it's not That's okay. That's such right? a good point. It just doesn't matter. So, And then he lists some things. Jimmy, J- Jimmy Swaggart said, if a gay man ever hit on me, I'd kill him and tell God he died. Uh, um, and these are just things in the past that our group, the evangelical Christians, are guilty of saying and following and listening to without ever calling it out, without ever having to go back and apologize. These people don't, you know, it, it would be right of John Piper to apologize on behalf of my, in my opinion, of Jimmy Swaggart and, you know, all these, all these guys, you know, uh, the <laughs> Presbyterian pastor, James Kennedy said, uh, honestly, would you want your son 
daughter or grandchild sharing a foxhole or or blood with a homosexual you know oh like what does God. that have to do with like leadership in church you know what i mean like oh. classically we've just been Come you know on. It, it, you yes know. i would yes i would i love a gay person that is dedicating their life to our country to be beside my son or daughter well how about yes. this jerry falwell led an effort to block funding for aids relief and research that's unbelievable. In the, in the 90s. Stop. Just stop. I mean, <laughs> but we, we don't so even sad. start with an apology. Like, okay, we're not this. We don't believe this. We're sorry about this. Our group has done this historically and traditionally. Well, that'd at least be That's a good place to start. That's such a good point. That's why Jonathan okay. Merritt is like a really smart journalist and we're three dummies on a yeah, stupid podcast. That right. really is brilliant. I mean, oh my gosh. It would have been I, – I still think people would have given him just as, as much flack but at the very least, they mm-hmm. made an attempt to say sorry and we love you. Instead, it's yeah, we love you, but let us make sure that you know where we stand, and that's not love at all. But if we, if if you do what Merrick said, as far as starting off with repentance, that at least shows that you're attempting to back up mm-hmm. your words of I love you. Yeah. Right, and 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 then obviously the slavery thing is easy to to use uh, at anything, but it's it's similar, like. You can't stand on the leg. I, I totally understand anybody's right to believe what they want to believe, all that, like, whatever, fine. But you can't stand on the leg of, well, Christians have always thought it, and so we're the ones being faithful and upholding. You, you can't say that about slavery. It's been upheld and understood as an institution and a fundamental belief that Christians understand that slavery exists since the Bible was written until mm, pretty recently. So as yeah, far as right. we've always believed it, so we're not— you know that's that doesn't hold up. You can always believe something that that's been wrong. We've d- thought about women a certain way. We've thought about other races a certain way. Racism is obviously a huge part of the back history of Christianity, and we have changed that or are trying to change it. So it doesn't just because you've always had a view doesn't mean it's right. And there's not obviously harm to repent of. Whether however you land on the hermeneutic. I want everybody listening, though, and, and you guys, too, I do want us to make this point clear. This is saying that this is the most important sin of our day, that the other sins lack in influence. That's and true. Lack, and so they don't matter as much because you're right. You made the point about divorce or whatever. But I mean, it, it, like what what kills more people, uh, hom- homosexuals or obesity? Yeah. What what kills more people? Stress and anxiety over things that they're letting get the best of them, or homosexuals? Which like, is more like, destructive, what, what, a divorce more, right. or a, a gay marriage? Which is which harm, right. Which is more harmful? Obviously, I, well, I think exactly. now. I think I think most most uh, non affirming people would say, "Oh, the the marriage of the LGBTQ okay. couple," because okay. oh my gosh, right. if Sorry. they adopt a child, that kid is just screwed up for life. So I actually do think that they would they would. But that's yes, they would be wrong, and that's an absurd. Uh, yes, it right. is. And, and the thing that just it just really gets me so much is, do, is this what once again our our whole faith in this God Creator of all boils down to who we have sex with. That's how we get into heaven, or or how we justify us as Christians. Like I am a Christian now. When I think about right. somebody else having sex, you're like, take. Really, like no wait my my belief in Jesus relies on what I think about somebody else having sex. Yeah, what but you think also, about somebody else. Yeah, so, right. Any other time I think about sex, it's lust. Or any other time <laughs> I think, yeah, I mean, it's all, I mean everything. It's just I mean it's the, I, I said this years ago, I, I, and I I. I uh, I know several conservative Christians, and a lot of them are in my family, but I said this years ago. I said, 
I believe that if you believe in Satan and and demons and that evil is trying to influence this world, that that it that Satan has tricked the world into thinking that this is the thing that ends all things. Yep. And so we all these Christians are dying on this hill for no reason because they think they're saving something. What are they right. saving? Like if you if you eradicate homosexuality right now, what does that do? Like instead, obviously, it's, it would be horrific and awful. I'm not saying that. I'm saying, but if you could, if you could give every gay person a pill and they're no longer, they take the pill and they're no longer gay. Everybody, everybody, nothing's changed. There's evil in the world, bad. All this, it's not bigger. If you think homosexuality is a sin, it's still not bigger than the sin in your life. And right. nobody, and like, it would be way better to write a statement about, hey, this is where I sin, and I'm letting everybody know. But they didn't say that. John Piper says, let me tell you where you sin. Now he, I mean, so you you should easily have done all of this at least and revealed yourself and your weakness and all this stuff and and, and even furthermore, once again, are we really this concerned with somebody else's sex life? Do I have to be worried that because of somebody else's sex life that it's going to influence my kids to hell? Right. As if yes. as if nothing else would. I mean, let, let's let's look at this perspective, like. The quality, or or not even the quality, whether or not you are a Christian, according to this document, depends on your take on, and I hate even using the word issue because we're dealing with real people, but an issue that is talked about briefly seven times in the Bible, and let's see, two of them are the Levitical law that is full of stuff that we don't pay any attention to, we laugh at, or we are disgusted (laughs) by because of the crazy stuff. And then you have a few New Testament passages where the word homosexual didn't even exist back then. So, I mean, you can... And none of those statements are made by Jesus, too, by the way. Right. And you can make a potential case to say, uh, this is kind of, this is somewhat vague, you know? And I think Matthew Vines does a really good job with even you know, combating all of these verses. Again, and I I, want to make clear, I don't have a problem with people holding that position. Like, I just, I think, I honestly think that affirming people, and uh, I won't even speak to the LGBTQ community because I think they're, uh, they obviously, it is tough when people say, yeah, I don't affirm you. But I do think that affirming straight people should have patience for people that are not affirming. It's something that, We've been taught our whole lives this is bad, you know, especially Christians that grew up in churches where everybody's homophobic. That doesn't make an excuse for us, but it still means, man, give people time, give people patience. But why in the world do we have to come up Mm -hmm. with a document? That's the problem. Give me a second here. I got to do an ad spot here, Toby. I've got to tell you all about something. Really, really cool. And that something is a tooth and nail band. And that tooth and nail band is called the Ongoing Concept, which is a really neat band. If you haven't checked them out yet, they do some really weird stuff. They're quite original. They like, I don't know, I can't even explain it, but go watch some of their videos. They make their own music and have built their own custom instruments and all kind of stuff like that. It's almost an experimental thing. But I'm going to play a little bit of a song uh, called The Print. And it's their their newest single. Uh, This is the first single from their new record, Places, which will come out on October 6th. It's their first, I'm sorry, it's the band's third full length with Solid State and the follow-up to their critically acclaimed sophomore release, Handmade. Uh, Here's some of the song.
All right. Can you dig that? I do. This band is on tour across America right now with Idola. So head over to their Band is in Town page and see if they'll be in your city this month. Again, we're listening to the ongoing concept. The song is called The Print. And again, their new album, Places, will be available everywhere on October the 6th. You can pre-order it right now and get the print immediately at solidstate.merchnow.com. All right. Now, let me tell you all one other thing that is just this is just a little logical thing, and I saw somebody tweeted something kind of like it. But uh, here's the implications of the evangelical, main evangelical stream right now, if you follow the logic here. It's uh, if you affirm gay people, then you're not a Christian. But, and I don't like making this argument, but it's kind of poignant here. But the pussy grabber president is definitely a Christian. If the, if it hinges on, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, he is one. Right. Because it's because well, you're drawing a line about sex. Well, look, you're drawing a line about sexual purity and the pursuit of sexual purity being what determines if you're a Christian or not, which is absurd in the first place. But if you do that and read the Nashville statement, you come up with a very clear conclusion that Donald Trump is a Christian and we are not, according to these guys. Okay, <laughs> just, that this is yeah, where this right. is where we are. Donald Trump is a Christian. You, you, and me. Are not Matt that how list that you read? There's so there many the smart people. I mean, there's I just the J.I. Packer for crying out loud. I mean, these are smart people. I don't understand yeah. this. How many sins in the world do you not think are sins that probably will be? And we've been are learning right now that we've been sinful in many ways. And, and I, you know, throughout all these years, decades, centuries, and all that stuff. I mean, the the fact that this and, and the other thing that really bothers me is the hypocrisy of. Well, we just said what we believed. We didn't say it in an unloving way, but I guarantee you, as soon as an atheist goes, "Hey, I don't believe in God," and that th- everybody, all the Christians lose their shit mm-hmm. and get mad and offended and hurt, and if you try to uh, remove a statue or uh, from you know under God we trust and God yeah, we yeah. trust from the whatever any of that stuff, offense, anger, you hurt us. You're being mean to all this stuff, but hey, we just said the stuff about the about the gay folks in love. We're we just telling you what we, uh, it's so hypocritical it's a joke and you're right our president is a christian but not gay people not no not people <laughs> that, that allow world? gay people to, to to have a position at a church those people aren't christians <sighs> right. and the president is now you know jen hatmaker tweeted something interesting and i suppose reasonable uh you know how christians always talk about fruit she says that the fruit of the nashville statement is if you can judge a tree by its fruit is she says uh, suffering, rejection, shame, and despair. That is the fruit of this statement. No? What do you think about that? Yes, I think I think she's right. I do think she's right. I mean, it just, like, it. What this is what is so tough about this is you are saying that if somebody, now, I mean, we can even break this down. If you wanted to break it down into uh, monogamous relationships or promiscuous, or like if you wanted to really get into some details, but they just made this blanket statement, no matter what. I mean, you, I'm not even saying that, that that matters to me, but I'm just saying that you could at least clarify more or say what you think or whatever. But I, 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 all this does is proves that it's just a blanket statement. Anything having to do with gay or homosexual is wrong. And, and Tra- so Transgender, what, you, even. Yes. So if you wake up this morning and you feel this way and you think it to be true, and this is who you are and, and who you're attracted to and who maybe you're falling in love with, 
And then that means literally that you are against God and you, you deserve punishment. <laughs> I got another theoretical just popped into my head. Let's just take the transgender because, first of all, I think people confuse the transgender and think it's just some form of gay or something. Um, but I would say even if you hold the, the version of the, the thought of transgender where you're totally affirming or whatever, but there's another version of transgender that this still doesn't leave room for, which really strikes me as funny as it has crossed my mind. You can be a person who believes that transgenderism is a mental illness, right? Like, there's some yes. people that think that Ben Shapiro yeah. thinks that, like this, I mean, and certainly right. there that does exist to some degree. I'm sure some people are dissociative and think they're some other gender. But even if, according to the national or statement, person. you are mentally ill and a function of your mental illness is that you believe you're another gender, not a Christian. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Even if you're you're mentally ill to the point where you think you're a female and you're not and have a wiener, done. <laughs> yeah, he, he, not to mention I mean, the broader acceptance of transgender I, in the more people, legit people way. that are people that are okay with this. I, I want I want to throw uh, this scenario at you. Like, let's just imagine a 12 year old boy that comes home from school. He, for the very first time, and, and I would imagine this happens a lot earlier, but let's say for the very first time he realized, oh my gosh, like all these boys are talking about girls. I don't feel that way at all. And, you know, there's a couple times where I was turned on in the locker room when the boys were changing, all that stuff. And he's got all these thoughts in his head and he goes to church every Sunday. He's in youth group and he's like, oh my gosh, what do I do? What do I do? And then He's surfing around the internet and he stumbles across the news of this Nashville statement. I mean, the message to him is, hey, people, hide yeah, hide it. And people that support you are not even Christians. I yeah. mean, it's just. It's sad. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Well, it's just, well, it just this? makes me too, speechless. Like because, that's, what, that's where the fruit actually is very scary and damaging, because what are people supposed to do that are wrestling with those thoughts, especially children? Like if you want to make the argument about the children, well, think about the damn children here. They're confused about their sexuality right. sometimes. Of right. course they and are. And these public statements and, do and not help And what is this going to do? I mean. What does this do? I mean, it just, ugh, that's the, like you this said. Is, this is the kind of thing that forces uh, bad, bad sexuality on the people because you're right. If we're talking about kids, like I, I, we've talked about this before, but this is the kind of thing where, like, my daughter now, if she hears about this Nashville statement and all this stuff, then she, what, what path for her young mind is there except for, wait a minute, uh, what what is gay and pure what, legalism man, I, is the only path forward for her. My my best my best friend who I love is a girl. Is that is that gay or what? Like it's going to make you think all these things are are dangerous and bad as opposed to thoughtfully and carefully figuring out life. I just think it's just so rotten. And how many of these people that signed this thing had sex outside of marriage and will tell you, <laughs> yeah, but but I knew it was wrong. But there's a gay people out there goes, I don't, I, I, I don't think it's wrong. It's a weird argument, sinner. Look, I do no, tons I mean, like, of fucked up shit. The difference is I know it's wrong. It, and I, I mean, still did it. And I, so it's that makes so it better. Hilarious. I do tons of fucked up shit. I know it's wrong. And that's why I'm I knew it was wrong. So, I, so that's why I asked for repentance. But, but if you're not convicted by your lifestyle, still, hell. I mean, what, like, it should that, kind of go the other really way around. Like, oh, what, okay. You know. What are these people saying? Like, what, what's the big danger here if you disagree with them? What, what, what leverage do they have over you if you say, no, you're not, you're wrong. This is bad. What can they say? They're going to hold hell over you. Well, that's, that's the a, only yeah, thing we they have can to have. check the statement. So they use the big scary so place where the big mean God kills you. 
Yeah. Hey, and send you torment. Well, let me ask y'all this: as as far as the rejection that this demographic feels from a statement like this, don't you think also though that we are in a season in the church where there's at least a good enough number of affirming Christians to mitigate that a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't you think oh, the, yeah, we're the, the voices great are That's increasing. what I'm saying. I think it's, I think the way this feels to us and it smells and it's tone deafness is a step forward because like, okay, yeah, there's okay. Okay. This is what I want to talk about from, from here on out is let's zoom out just a little bit, but let's just think okay. about the psychology of people having to deal with this. So they've thrust this thing upon people. So how many pastors out there right now are going, Oh shit. I've got to go one way or the other here. Like, how many pastors are in panic mode? Like, well, shit, my congregation is going to be asking me by Sunday. I'm going to have to get this figured out. And I may leave my whole congregation to hell, or I'm going to do something that I don't think I want to do here. (laughs) I'm not comfortable with it, but somebody's going to ask me, well, Matt Chandler did it. Well, you know, Francis Chan is there, so who are you now? Like, it's, it's thrust. Everybody's thrust into this position here. But I'm going to say that, that that's why I think it's a good thing because I think it's going to force a lot of people to make what I would consider the right decision and not support it. And and that's what I'm asking. If Christians are listening to me now, I understand you don't feel the same way that I do exactly. But you have to know deep down, Christian, that this smells a little funny. It feels funny. I'm asking you not to say, "Oh, we got to team up." And either I, maybe I know we're making fun of them, but I don't. I, I respect a lot of these men. I think they're making a mistake. I really do respect a lot of these men and like them and have learned from them and am not afraid to learn from them in the future. I respect them. I think they're wrong here. I think this is bad and dangerous or whatever. You have the ability. You don't have to follow them though. You can you can hold a middle ground. You can say I st- I believe that homosexuality is a sin, but this is not me. You can do all that stuff, and that seems clear and apparent to me right now. And that's what I'm asking people to do. Is just you don't have to be this polarized way here, but it's got to be freaking a lot of people out. I mean, think about it. You don't even know who's what, right? Like now what, what do we have these big teams now? Like, let me give you an example. Uh-huh. Perry Noble threw something up about it that wasn't affirming of the staff. I want to know what you make of this. I don't see anything from Furtick whatsoever. And Perry <laughs> Noble tweeted something saying that uh, it was silly, something, you know, against the statement, essentially. Not meaning that he's affirming either, but what do you make of, what do you make of, the, of that? What, what, what did he say? You don't that? know exactly. I'll, I'll look it up. But what do you make of the si- silence of people like that? I mean, you know. And I, I think uh, I'll put it this way: the silence is a lot smarter than signing this. I mean, I think it's it definitely is a, it, silence is better than you know signing this document. I guess the but, opposite would. What do you say, think? Matt? Do you think Furtick and Noble will be able to remain silent? What will, what I think will, they're what smart will, enough what will John MacArthur think about Perry Noble now? Is there now a chasm? I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. I think our uh, founding pastor at Seacoast, Toby, Toby remembers this clearly. I think how he said this was at least admirable. And we had uh, gay people at Seacoast say, I don't agree, but I respect how he said that. And he basically just said, if you are gay affirming or if you're gay, you have to at least admit there's verses to grapple with. Period. Mm-hmm. Perry you know? Noble now, says this. He says, "Let me give you Perry Noble's thing, and you can you can build with that." But when people issue statements rather than build relationships, we are more like Pharisees and less like Jesus. Hashtag Nashville statement. 
I say Perry Noble for president. He nailed it, right? <laughs> I mean, that's just, you can't get any better. That's just but that's interesting. It perfectly. And the, the one, what I want to say, I want you to finish what you're saying, but that, I wonder, does that play into my previous prediction that the most aggressive, growth-seeking people that care the most about money and numbers are going to be affirming? This is... You know what I mean? They know not to. Go, I think for, I'm, I, I applaud Barry Noble for making a <laughs> statement, but I think it's born out of the fact that I believe these big mega churches are going to go affirming. This is step one of that. That's <laughs> this is evidence of that in my book. <laughs> That's where I disagree with you guys. I think maybe people that it'll like, take a let's few more take, years, but they will. Let's take let's take Stephen Furtick for instance. I mean, there there are a lot of young people in their twenties and thirties that are going to die, and and they're not going to be gay affirming. So I think that there will be enough people to support Elevation and Stephen Furtick being non-affirming. Now, the person that takes over, you know, so we're talking a good 60 years from now. Yeah, I could see Elevation Church becoming affirming, but I, there's a lot the, of these pastors the now. Number, I think my they prediction see is that. the number-centric and money-centric, the people that gravitate naturally to that, which I would say sinfully so, will gravitate toward affirming. The people who love uh, the people who sinfully and everybody sinfully gravitate some way or, or another. The people that gravitate sinfully toward power and authority and correctness and letters of the law and legalism will stay on the Nashville statement side. Both are big, I mean, large evangelicals, but that's a divide within them. The way I see it, if your I mean, mansion, so, if your sixteen thousand square foot mansion, uh, you're like, I don't know if I can pay the bills. You'll you'll become gay affirming very quickly. That's what I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, you, you just will. But like, like, but that's what's that's what's really crazy about this. I, I do agree. I am glad at the very least that it is pushing forward, and we're trying to get somewhere, no matter mm-hmm. what. At least. At least to these guys' credit, you do 100%. If you didn't before for some reason, you know where they stand right now. But I think everybody should ask their pastor where they stand right now. You probably already know, but I mean, maybe this is— What are you going to do if he says something you don't like, though? What was your advice? Like, what if you go to a church with 800 people and the pastor's just like a regular guy? Pray about it. Talk to God about it. That's what what the pastor tells you to do. Well, what is he going to—I mean— And if I was a gay person, this is what I would say. I, w- I would show up at church and they say, "Hey, are you gay?" I go, "Oh, that's just locker room talk. Uh, just, uh, that's just locker room. Only in the talk. locker room. Let's get in there and worship God. Let's just get in there and worship God. That's locker room talk. What do y'all say? Get out of here. You know what I'm saying? You know about locker room talk. I'm like, let's get in there and worship. That's exactly what I would do if I was gay. I mean, good luck. I mean, this does oh, not. I, here is the thing. Could, could oh, that's me, Bruce. Just, Come on, nah, we're yeah, just fucking uh, around. Locker, you know, you know, guys said, are. You know, get that, out of here. You know how well, I get <laughs> out of here. <laughs> <laughs> here, look, take my tie check. Okay, okay. <laughs> but, but I mean, I, I think what's what's hey, crazy for, from is now too, on. From uh, now on, if someone asks me what I think about that, I'm just gonna say uh, locker room talk. I only do no. that with Matt and Toby. Sorry, <laughs> locker room talk. You know, it ain't no big deal. It just ain't no big deal. That's what. It should be <laughs> anyway, but I, I I don't understand like what are these people like like the people that sign this are they not are they in community with gay people are they literally what trying gay to people understand hanging every, out with th- them? Th- that's that what I'm saying. saying. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. So what they're saying is good luck inviting them over for dinner next week. Right. Good I luck. Know, uh, pe- pe- <laughs> people that we don't really affiliate with. We don't really have them in our church. And make public so, statements again. If so, yeah. we, we make it we make it stand out, and everybody knows and talk. I mean, do you know how many churches I've been to where there might have been a gay couple, and everybody just talked about them behind their backs, or maybe the you know, whatever. But it's just 
it's funny because like wouldn't the statement be way better of no matter what somebody what we think is sin we are going to take the next year to meet and fellowship and love and be neighbors to people that we don't know that we don't uh, maybe agree with them but we're going to do this in spite of what what we think we need to say or whatever we're going to act like Jesus and love our neighbors that would be that'd be a loving statement sure not not hey we everything you're doing is sending you to hell mm mm-hmm. mhm well, I'll tell you one more thing that I think is actually very true and undeniable and sad, and then we can you know, get out of here, move on, do whatever you want to do, and talk about them. I don't care. But for sure, even if you leave, just if you just, so many people go to the churches of the people that signed this document that are actually gay and closeted and were hoping and waiting to see if how things may go in the future. Like there are people at... Even at all these guys' churches that that probably are gay or wrestling with it and stuff like that, and they're afraid to to talk about it or come out or even ask for help, and and now the, the they go well shit, like right. now now what that they either they now they know they have to leave or whatever it is, and then the scary part to me is, and that's sad as it is because I don't think a ton of gay people go to John Piper's church already. I don't. I, I that's not a lot. However. All the other non-declared churches out there, and how many are there? Tens of thousands of churches where where the pastors haven't yet signed or not signed or signed some the Denver statement or done anything else. There are tens of thousands of churches filled with people who are pretty sure on the inside or 100% sure on the inside that they're gay and their churches don't know it because they don't know whether it's safe or not to say that that is true. And right. where people land on this is going to be devastating to all of those people. And churches, your church, your church, my church, they're filled with people who are gay. And they haven't said anything because they don't feel safe saying it. And now they're going to, a lot of them are going to find out in the next couple of weeks, oh, I guess it wasn't safe. I guess yep. I, I can't even talk about I, it. I mean, does nobody understand that, like, how hard it is for somebody to hear, hey, Listen, you know, I, I'm only doing this because there was a a book, uh, you know, that came out and uh, you know, thousand years ago, or whatever, you know, and uh, it says that what you're doing is wrong, and so that's why I believe it, no matter what. And most of uh, most people in the world are saying this against you, and we're talking about who you have sex with. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, that's that that right there should give anybody pause to go, wait a minute. That is a lot to download and understand and explain to somebody. And so if you boil down the Bible to this big issue that isn't a big issue, then Not that's what issue, the whole right. Bi- this is what the whole Bible becomes, gay or straight. And right. that's just so stupid. That, the culture at large has gotten the message. That's all Christians care about. Other people's this is not a big issue. I mean, well, and, and, so, and you know so, what you're right. You're going to they're going to lose their congregations if they don't wake up. And yeah. so I, I hope I hope they start feeling it in their wallets. I really do. Yeah, and I do I do think uh, in, in defense, uh, everybody has heard where I stand with all this, and so I'll, I'll say in defense, I do think for a lot of these people, it is it's just bad logic because to them, they're saying no, this is the most loving thing we can do. Sin is bad. Sin is destructive. And uh, well, us help the greedy people and divorce people then and come right, out exactly. Them. Exactly, but then they jump to the whole. Well, at least divorced people know know that they're no, doing you're preoccupied wrong. with I, sex and morality it, and legalism. Here's and what's interesting is, and and we can wrap it up here. Here's what's interesting is we have yet to have to have a Eugene uh, Peterson type leader 
come out. We thought that that was him, and it wasn't. He, you know, retracted the statement. But that's what's interesting. Who is going to break the ice? Because so far, there hasn't been one leader in the church that has scra- made us scratch our heads and be like, oh my gosh, this is the beginning. Like a, a Rick Warren, Bill Hybels uh, sort of leader in the church. That's mm-hmm. going to be interesting. I just thought of one more super sad thing that I know to be true. There's no way this isn't true. I guarantee you the logic of a average or common or centrist, norm, you know, somebody that's normal and in the middle, people like us, I guarantee you that the effect of this statement especially with Article 10 claiming that you're not Christian if you support them, causes people in their brain, thousands of people, tens of thousands of people have come to the realization where they said the thing, where they've, they've, they've said to themselves, oh, well, if that's being a Christian, then fuck it. I'm not that. I believe in Jesus. Right. I'm going this way, but fuck you. I'm not that anymore. Right. That's a lot of people have said that in the last 48 hours. I guarantee it because that's the impulse I have. I'm like, okay, if John Piper wants to define who's a Christian, just count me out then. Right. Go ahead. What, what, so what? Right. Yeah. And you know, like that's almost like what Dave, I, uh, you know, say Dave Bazan did. I'm saying, of course, I know that I love Jesus and and what I would consider to be a Christian. But if you want that term, fuck it. I count know. me out. How, how There's crazy a lot would of people that have said that today and yesterday, and that's yeah. really stupid, but it's true. How crazy is that approach, though, to say, yeah, I'm, I'm not a Christian anymore. Oh, what, what's that all about? I mean, what about your relationship with Jesus? I didn't say anything about that. Yeah. What are you talking about? I like said you're I'm just not a Christian. Up, right, right. There's well, a lot of people that do that, and it's, a, it's silly in a way. But in a way, if they're going to hijack the term and claim it or whatever, go ahead and have your term. I'll just be something yeah. else then. Yeah. And that's the, we all don't right. want that in the body of Christ, but that's what we've got. Let me read some more names that signed this Nashville statement. We have Freddie <laughs> no, T. <laughs> They're in the BC club. Come on. Luke, Psych. You went to the wrong Luke, website, bitches. Yeah. <laughs> you Luke all the signed the Nashville statement if you're in the BC club. It was written in the terms of service, and y'all didn't look. <laughs> yeah, dumbasses. Luke Eccles, Misha Lynn, Justin Unger, Stephen G. Henning, Nick Ventura, Grayson Smith, Jeff Ott, Amber Simon Nick Simon Kick Simon Kick Brandon James Glee <laughs> Toby tell people what they just joined. They joined the BC Club, and that's how the, the, the basically that's how the sausage gets made. These folks support us. Uh, we got some cool things that we give them when they join the club. There's different levels you can join at, but it sure is a huge help, and it helps us make a, make this podcast possible. So yeah, join the BC Club if you haven't. Now, can, y'all mind if I give a, a word from the Bible Go today for it. as we end? Yeah, I was. I received. And you it. know what? At, as you, as I read this verse, I would like you to think about the people who signed the Nashville statement, and maybe even the top, you know, 10, 20, 30, 100 pastors in America. I just wanted to think about this. This comes from Matthew nineteen and twenty four. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. So gay people are probably fine. <laughs> I'm going to sign a Nashville statement about being rich. Yeah. <laughs> or just loving money. <laughs> Amen. Amen, Pastor Toby. Thank you. See you in hell, bitches. You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com.